This week, buildings burn, people die, but real love is the crow. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body, Counts, and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm the reanimated vengeance corpse of Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And this week... (laughs) And this week we are discussing the horny, sad boy sword porn movie, (laughs) The Crow! The only movie brave enough to ask the question, can a movie be lit entirely by bolts of lightning? How many flashback uh, montages are hey, too many flashback montages? Don't forget my favorite, favorite 90s convention, far too many goddamn candles all over the place. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a real quick, uh, I guess up at the top, uh, a real content warning of sexual assault plays a very like disturbingly oh, prominent role in this movie. It's almost uh, like an atmospheric. Yeah. And a uh, jokey comedy content warning, this movie contains unadulterated 90s, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This movie Get out is... your Stone Temple Pilots, oh. your Smashing Pumpkins, your other verb noun band. Time to take it all with me. Boy, if you cut out all of the, like weird like uh musical numbers that happen in this movie you would cut the runtime clean in half the movie would be 30 minutes long correct oh i love that he as a ghost has to rock out about his emotions from time to time in the middle oh my gosh okay we'll 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 get there i guess Uh, also right at the top uh we will be saying some very silly things about this very silly movie uh it is Unfortunate. Uh, Brandon Lee did die over the uh, like an, from an onset accident in this Correct. movie, as yes. I remember, uh, and that sucks. That's very sad, obviously for you know his family and loved ones, but also because uh, boy, when he's allowed to actually be a character in this movie and not just tears, he's very charming. Oh yeah, man. Oh, have sure. you ever seen Have you ever seen Showdown in Little Tokyo? He's no. a delight in that movie. I gotta track that it's- down. Ooh, it's Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's that sounds like a rad. fun time. I have it on a uh, a dual-sided DVD disc <laughs> that they used to make. With one side is one side is big uh, uh, showdown Little Tokyo, and the other side is Bloodsport. Nice. That's yeah, a solid it's a great, disc. It's a great twofer. Yeah. So the the crow begins as all movies do with. Tiny gray train set miniatures on digital fire. Yeah, no, this movie yeah. takes entirely all place in the little town where Beetlejuice lives. Correct. Uh, yeah, it, it it looks like the nuclear holocaust version of Mr. Rogers' Land of Make-Believe. <laughs> and it looks like the, I mean, obviously the compositing technology was where it was at the time, but it looks exactly like the very famous copy-paste, like, fire.exe file that you see in memes and gifs. John, John, what do you mean looks like? Was. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was edited in GeoCities, I think. Yeah, that's true. I was wondering why there were so many uh, spinning icons asking me to sign its guest book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the crow begins, yeah, with uh, its Detroit. uh, Is it? 
Yeah, it's Detroit. When Detroit. does that get established? Uh, I think it's mentioned by a guy. Weird. Yeah, I know that the the town Detroit gets mentioned. I don't know that I gathered that that's where they were. Man, yeah. I had no idea. I thought it was just like capital T, the city. No, no, no. The, it uh, is... Now, the cop cars are inner city police. That is what oh, the shield so. on the cop car says. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you don't want to be too specific. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is every single car that's in this movie, with the exception of two very dumb cars, is like the car guy went to car central casting. Yes. <laughs> They are all just the very simple 1987 boxcar. Yeah. yeah. Just a car made of, like, just all hard right angles. It was Though, every car that was left over from the Tim Burton Batman movie just got shuffled over one lot to do the crow. We do get one awesome cameo from, I believe, a Yugo. A real life yeah, we'll Yugo. We'll get to that. There are we'll two there, very <laughs> good cars. They'll both be themed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's October 30th, Devil's Night. Night of uh, which the is, Devil. It seems to be simultaneously a, like, ancient tradition and very new holiday. Yes. Well, it, it's this movie's version of The Purge. Right. Yeah. But there's With also... The cops, there's, there's characters the cops just who... Let, uh, the cops just let gang members set the city on fire and murder people indiscriminately and then crack wise over their corpses. Yeah, but like some of that crack and wise is like, oh, you know, how many fires this year? Oh, 438. Oh, well, I guess it's a slow start this year, implying that this has been like so ongoing that everyone's become jaded to it. But then later on in the movie, a character will literally say, to Devil's Night, my favorite new holiday, which, <laughs> hang on a second, Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks. That, uh, how those dare two pieces you? of information how, cannot be true. How, how dare you, John? That is Sully from Commando. Uh, how dare you? That's obnoxious guy with bottles on his hands from the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, John? He is T-Bird from The Crow. <laughs> oh, you're right. Fun fact about The Crow, if you type The Crow into Wikipedia, you gotta get through <laughs> The Crown, the series, The Crown Season 4, and The Crown Season 3 before it even gives you the option of selecting The Crow hey, 1994. Real quick, I typed did you in happen the crow to accidentally type in The Crown? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, I definitely we'll typed in Crow edit. and it auto-corrected to Crown in Google. <laughs> <laughs> it really me the, wants Did a... you mean actually crow <laughs> now this may be like a false memory that i just have uh because look i'm not gonna pretend that i was too cool for the crow when it came out and i was in fifth grade hell yeah crow all night baby oh all day long all night strong was there a crow cartoon i know that there's two crow sequels but i have in my head that like okay. weird bruce tim style the crow right. first of all there are three crow sequels yeah Second of all, there was not a Crow animated series, but there was a Crow live action series. Yeah, no, right. I can recall the like show, weird, yeah. like uh, very like Buffy ripoff opening sequence right. of the Crow TV series. Maybe I'm misremembering like Lobo, the the space cowboy <laughs> showing up. Yes. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And I could just be conflating that, like giving him slightly different hair. But I swear to God, I have very clear memories of like the crow in that DC animated universe style. 
Are you sure you didn't just watch fucking uh, uh, McFarlane's Spawn series on HBO? Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> oh, that's on me. Uh, so anyways, the city's on fire. There is a dead body on the street, and cops are looking at it, cracker-wise. There's a, a dying person, a dying woman, in an apartment. Uh, she is not doing well. She's taken out by cop Albrecht played by Ernie Hudson. In a uh, delightful surprise, I completely forgot he was in this movie and was so happy every time he showed up. Oh, He's absolutely. so good. Absolutely. Ernie Hudson plays the audience surrogate of the movie, and it is his job every time he is on camera to go, what the fuck is happening? I don't understand. <laughs> Please explain it to me. And he does it in the most charming awesome Ernie Hudson way possible. Later yeah. on in the movie, he will be wearing a white t-shirt, boxer shorts, and a cop hat. Which you is know it. fantastic. Uh, so the bodies here are the bodies of Shelley Webster and Eric Drazen. Uh, they are a uh, young please, couple. Draven, Draven with oh, a you're right. V. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Eric because Draven. in this Crow movie, you definitely want a character whose last name sounds like Raven. That'll only right. clarify things. Well, it's Do Raven. That's true. Da uh, Bears. <laughs> da Raven. Okay, who wins in a fight? The Raven or the door that it is knocking on? Keeping in mind, the door is played by Mike Dicka. <laughs> Door. Dick a door all the way. The door. <laughs> so any, yeah, write that back, send it to SNL in like the, let's say early 2000s. We got a solid like meta bit. Yeah, this is my John Stewart packet. That thing that was trending on Twitter that by the time this comes out, it won't matter. Oh boy. Yep. Anyways, so the dead bodies are Shelley Webster and Eric Draven. Uh, a young couple who are set to be married on Halloween, but they were murdered uh, by a gang of hooligans and goons. To get to Shelley Webster's uh, vast dictionary fortunes. Technically, uh, they were murdered by Pinkertons, as we'll learn later. <laughs> yeah, oh, very they were, much so, yeah. Yeah, they are <laughs> an evil, corrupt offshoot of the Pinkertons who were there to... Oh, as opposed to uh, all those good, upstanding Pinkertons. Yeah. Yeah, did John. It for love of the game. Right. Yeah, John. Okay. Like, look, there's one good Pinkerton. It's the second Weezer album. We all know that. <laughs> so we'll get to the 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 like the grand poobah of crime in this city. The fact that he is insufferably goth for no reason, and the fact that his plans make no sense, and he loses interest in them almost immediately. What are you talking think, about? It all works because this is early '90s goth rock, the movie. <laughs> yeah, John. Very true. I, I think the point you're, you're 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 misinterpreting this feature as a bug, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, come on! Didn't you notice how evil he was by his vest, his several vests, and yeah. puffy Seinfeld shirts? Right. I mean, John, didn't you notice that half the soundtrack for this movie was fucking Thrill Kill Cult and The Cure, <laughs> right? And covers of Joy Division. I guess the yes. original tracks were too expensive. Well, but they were covered by uh, pre-Downward Spiral, but post-Broken Nine Inch Nails. I don't yeah. like any of this. No, thank you. <laughs> you. We will get not one, but two like live band club sequences. Oh, and they're awful. They're both what I love awful. about those is the fact that they're still constructing the scaffolding as the band has already started playing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, fellas, pack it in. You no, missed I think your deadline. That's... 
I think that's a situation like they used to do on Letterman when he did Will It Float and they had the grinder lady come out and she just like had that metal grinder just grinding sparks and stuff. I True. think that's what it is. Yeah. I think yeah. it's all part. Those guys are like the guy in the boss tones who just dances. <laughs> it's a, Except it's a, <laughs> that guy is in both bands and there are two different bands in the course of the movie that play at the trash club. Well, John, you have to understand that like studio musicians and and hired guns like that kind of work out of the club. So <laughs> that's true. Right? They're yeah. just kind of when, when he's you got show one up at the club. For his industrial punk band and one for his more like punkish industrial band. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that he can really explore everything he's feeling. So we are two minutes into this movie. <laughs> So anyways, anyways, the body of the the slowly dying body of Shelley Webster is loaded into an ambulance. A little girl named Sarah is like, that's my friend. And just before she almost dies, she's like, take care of my friend, Ernie Hudson. And he's like, "Okay, I guess I will cut to one year later, which is hilarious because we get in the voiceover uh, delivered by Sarah in character, which is uniformly awful. Uh, it feels yes. like it was a studio mandate to like try to clarify the narrative, except all it does is add like bullshit fake poetry to it. <laughs> but yeah, she says we... that uh, some people believe my grandmother used to tell me a story. <laughs> Down at the watering <laughs> hole. But she says that uh, there's, a, there's a mythology that a crow uh, carries the soul of the dead to the land beyond. But sometimes the soul is too sad and the crow brings him back. <laughs> and vengeance. when we get that like big uh, uh, like Chiron one year later, all I can imagine is the crow is just really backed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so has the soul of Eric been like in the coffin just hanging out this whole time? Absolutely. Or was he allowed yeah. to like hang out in heaven until his number got called to go back to Earth to do a like one night of vengeance. Ooh, well, he probably would have been in a purgatory like place then, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like Beetlejuice, like just like, yeah, like a big waiting room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, it's one year later, uh, Devil's Night again. A crow lands on the gravestone of uh, Eric Draven as Sarah like leaves them flowers. Uh, uh, flowers that she stole from other graves, <laughs> which that has to be bad luck. So this little girl, Sarah, is like she's like the streetwise cool sidekick kind of to the crow. She but she's is... the most obnoxious child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this whole obviously this movie, this is based clearly without even me needing to mention it based on a early 90s indie comic. Right. And early 90s indie comics simply came with obnoxious teenagers just as part and parcel of like, you want to sell me this comic book? You got to put a really obnoxious teenage character who's smarter than all of the adults in the room. Okay. Yeah, just like how back in the day DC had that mandate that if you wanted to sell comic books, you had to have a gorilla on the cover. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> God, I well, wish now that's that a back. fine business strategy, though. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If I walked into the comic book shop tomorrow and like the front page of Superman was Superman punching a gorilla, which is the thing I know Superman has done. <laughs> yeah, Gorilla I'd buy that book. Yeah, That's exactly. a for real character. I'd buy that book. Yeah. 
There's a great uh, ongoing background gag in uh, Alan Moore's Promethea comic where there's a very famous comic in universe that is uh, Sad Gorilla. And yes. it's just every cover is a sad gorilla saying, ask me about my marriage. <laughs> uh, so it's one year later. The The world is just as shitty as it was when, when Eric Draven left Right. It. I cannot stress enough how utterly useless this time jump is. Nothing is different. It's just, I guess, well, we need him to die on Devil's Night, and we need him to do his vengeance on Devil's Night, so... All right. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't have just done it all in one night. He yeah. couldn't have died at five o'clock and then woken up at like eight. That's <laughs> oh, four more man. hours to get your shit done. If they did this 24 style and there was just a little like update <laughs> of the time on a digital clock in the corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All and if at Oscars. some point someone could be menaced by a cougar, that'd be great. <laughs> um, now you just want, now I just want to see a Kiefer Sutherland grow movie. But Kiefer Sutherland now, like 55-year-old drunk as shit. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The best Sutherland. Oh, no way. Donald Sutherland's the best Sutherland. Also, yeah, that's true. needs to be drunk as shit, though. There's oh, a great true. Donald Sutherland movie. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe we can crowdsource this. Maybe I imagined it. No, it's him and uh, Sean Connery are going to rob a train Oh, the Great Train Robbery? Is it seriously just called the Great Train Robbery? Ah, <laughs> oh, Google, you done me dirty. <laughs> I was like actually thinking about how much I like that scene where uh, Donald Sutherland is explaining to Sean Connery why this plan won't work. He's just, you know, they're already on to us. We botched getting the keys to the safe. Even if we could get in the safe, there's no way to get out. And it's all on a moving train. And Sean Connery just turns to him and says... Find me a dead cat. <laughs> uh, hold this on. has been my uh, great train robbery corner. <laughs> yes. A very worthwhile detour where I half remember scenes from a different movie. So anyways, uh, it's a year later. Ernie Hudson's getting a hot dog. There's a delightful scene where he yells at the man for making this hot dog wrong. Yeah. Well, also, he's putting the onions on top and he's putting the mustard on the side and you don't do yeah, that. Yeah, so Come so on. he so yeah, he just puts the the bun, the dog in the dry bun and then just piles everything on top and Ernie, Ernie Hudson is chiding him for not putting the mustard underneath the hot dog. Yeah, so it stabilizes long, the dog. Yes, and also allowing a a layers of flavor as opposed to just like what a KFC famous bowl plopped on top of your dog. Also, you these know, hot dogs are about the size of my forearm. <laughs> they're <laughs> these aren't foot long dogs. They are like <laughs> yardstick dogs. Later uh, with Sarah, the irritating punk skater girl will come and meet Ernie Hudson at this hot dog place, and he'll be like, "Hey, let me let me buy you a hot dog." And she's like, "All right." And she tries to bite it like three different ways. And can't it's, seem to take an actual bite of this hot dog. It's too it's big. Ve it's very clear that that was like take 70 and she'd already eaten like 50 <laughs> bites of the hot dog. It was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. She made that classic newbie mistake of like, oh, today's day at work. I get free dinner. Oh, God, no more. <laughs> uh she also says to the guy, no onions, because onions make you fart for sure. Uh, they make you fart big time. Oh, you're right. I'm 90s, sorry. I'm my sorry. Friend. Yeah. They make you rad fart. Dig it? 
let me get my Capri Sun and get back on my Super Nintendo. Super uh, Metroid's coming out. So anyways, uh, the evil goons from Last Devil's Night are now out again uh, doing whatever. Um, meanwhile, this seems to take place in a weird temporal. It is Devil's Night, but Devil's Night is also tomorrow night. Well, no. So yeah. Devil's Night, I don't think starts until like nine thirty, ten o'clock. Right, but there is a daybreak in this movie, and then the next night, the big like head honcho guy is just like, "We're gonna go big this Devil's Night," and it's just yeah. like, "Buddy, that y- is correct. You missed it. Sorry." Okay, so yeah. So Eric one Draven. One year later, again. It's actually so. It's not even one full year later. It's three hundred and sixty-four days later. This movie is a liar <laughs> and therefore loses a star. Oh no! True facts. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, goons are out doing the things, and Eric uh, they Draven blow up is, an arcade. Yes, they blow up ar- the arcade that is just called Arcade Games. Yes, correct. Uh, And they're one of those very, like, they're like a holdover from the 80s crime movies where they're just like, oh, we're just out to, like, ruckus and and blow stuff up and and just vandalize and rob and steal because we love it so much. Also, we have a strict hierarchy and we report to a boss who dictates (laughs) all of our carefully planned heists. Yeah, right. it's like a it's like a bunch of jokers working for one Trent Reznor. It's very strange. Because <laughs> uh, they like blow up the place and then they all go, fire it up, fire it up. Yeah, they fire got a little uh, cheerleading trant yeah, that uh, yeah. gets more and more annoying every time you hear it. Then they get into a car, uh, the place explodes, and that also Buddy, seems to be... <laughs> they, also, they don't get into just any car. They get into a stupid muscle car with LED under it. That's yeah, right. It's got, yes, it's also got that like uh, front engine exhaust thing that you have to cut out of the hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, the bug. It's got a bug catcher, man. Yeah, and I love that later on in the movie, uh, Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks will have to like literally take a knee to get to open the door because it's such a low rider. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is T Bird's car. The goons that we see are T Bird, Fun Boy. Tintin and uh, one other. I think Skank. Uh, Skank. Skank. Yes. Yeah. Skank. Anyways, they blow this place up. They drive away. Ernie Hudson's like, "Oh no, I gotta fix this." Meanwhile, the grave of Eric Draven explodes open, and out crawls Eric Draven, uh, who is inexplicably wearing his shirt and coat backwards. Yeah, that well, was weird. that's that's how they see that's an old folklore that you bury the person upside down, but also you reverse their clothes so that when they get to the river sticks, Hades gets a little goof. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed he was a fan of crisscross <laughs> Christopher Cross. I mean, it was big then. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, Eric Draven, Eric Draven, like got out of the grave and was just like. I'm the miggity 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 back daddy. I missed <laughs> the bus. They uh, it was it was off screen. They cut it for time, but as he's dying, he does grab a police officer by the lapel and say, "Bury me in the coolest way possible." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he has a very long sad boy stumble montage yes. where he stumbles across what seems like the entire city. Yep. He stumbles and he's getting flashes of like his memory, which was exactly the like cr- 
crime flashbacks that we've all, as the audience, have already seen. But uh, don't worry if you got up to use the bathroom or get popcorn, you will see these flashes throughout the rest of the movie. They right. will yes. not reveal any new information. They will not give you any new motivation for any of the characters. They will simply be. <laughs> yes, and these and these flashbacks are all lit by road flare, I think. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. They're just red. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, he finally stumbles back to uh, his old apartment and it's all messed up and he's like, man, I'm sad. And then like all of a sudden he can do like fucking gymnastic things. And there's this crow following him around and, and or leading him around because it shows him some sweet boots in a garbage can. That's right? true. Who threw out those boots? Those are expensive looking <laughs> boots. Uh, I'm assuming Bauhaus was traveling through town, and after they were done, Al Jurgensen just threw him away. Peter well, Murphy. That's... It's Peter Murphy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's how you Al, get Jur- you... Al Jurgensen is ministry, and yes. I apologize to all you fucking goths out there who are going to write me a letter, I guess. Uh, but th- yeah, throwing black boots into a dumpster is how you grow new Bauhaus. That's correct. That's true. That is true. It's like the Johnny Appleseed of really bad goth rock. <laughs> so uh yeah he's all uh upset he gets himself some clothes now, he this, uh, dig, get, he digs out his old rock star box this is so baffling <laughs> the movie goes to ex- absurd extreme lengths at any opportunity to point out this dude was in a band he sure was bears nothing on the plot or events of this movie. What are you talking about, John? The name of his band when it was Hangman Joe's. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Hangman's Jokes. Oh, hey, whatever. All I know is that the picture is clearly just Brandon Lee sat in with the band Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but like in the trash club that we'll get to later, there's like a poster of the night they played and people literally like point to it as they enter, like they're kissing the Blarney Stone. Yes, because uh, uh, it's, it's right next to another band who's called Big Chief. <laughs> Later on, Ernie Hudson starts investigating all the all the rowdiness and goings on, and the police file on Eric Draven is just a series of publicity stills <laughs> from his band. Yeah. By the way, eventually they play... Uh, a track from his band. Like he, oh, it like, sounds awful. Yeah, dead Eric yeah. Draven puts on his band's vinyl record. and uh, well, no, It's Sarah. Like, it's like Sarah a, does because he dropped oh, that's right. a real dumb hint that infuriated right. me. So anyways, we'll get to that. So yeah. he, he digs out he a He gets box his superhero his costume, which is, yeah, a fucking uh, Trent Reznor black sweater. So it's one of those black sweater shirts where it's got the little hole at the bottom of the sleeve to slip your thumb in to be extra sad. To which he puts like electrical tape through his other knuckles to make it like a weird Spider-Man thing that I didn't quite understand. Yes, and he paints himself to look like King Diamond from Merciless Fate. Well, because he sees a Harlequin mask on a mirror and he remembers, hey, remember that time that I spooked my fiance with a Harlequin (laughs) mask? Those were good times. Knowing that criminals are a fearful, superstitious lot, he shall adopt the form of the Harlequin to strike (laughs) fear in their hearts. He adopted the form of the guy who went, Grandma, welcome home. (laughs) 
<laughs> now this sets off a scene that Let will be ever present. Let me take you present. out of this chair, Grandma. <laughs> Throughout the sorry, rest of I had the to movie, get my King Diamond shit in there, man. I'm sorry. No, I get you. I get you. He is. He royalty. also kind of looked like Kiss. <laughs> Well, it's That's the white true. and black. It's the simple white and black. But this leads he to... He also kind of looks like ICP. A, a light motif in this movie where every Just scene starts... right by it. Uh-huh. Fuck you. Yep. Uh, every scene with the crow confronting a criminal or a police officer starts with them saying, You're wearing face paint. <laughs> and him saying, why don't you try to shoot me? And then saying, I will shoot you. Oh, no, I can't shoot you hard enough for you to die. That's right. It's me, the crow. By the way, he never identifies as the crow. No, but he does like paint it in people's blood all over the place. And then, of course, that one epic lighting it in gasoline. Yeah. True. So, so, uh. He's signing crow all over the place. <laughs> so we get, we get this next scene. Uh, uh, the, the, the gang member Tintin, played by Lord Nikon from Hackers. Hell yeah. Shows oh, up. Buddy, at- if you didn't think that this made me fall in love with the movie as a dumb idiot kid. <laughs> I got some disappointing news for you. John, this came Ooh, out this came I, out before Hackers. I was actually just trying to think of the order because I saw I The Crow was a regular blockbuster rental and so of was course. Hackers. And I'm trying to remember the order in which I saw those movies. I think I saw The Crow first, yeah. I mean it came out like a year beforehand, so yeah. Right. Um so anyways, Lord Nikon slash Tintin breaks into John Polito's fucking pawn shop and he's like i fucking love this guy this guy is angry that he's a character in this movie yeah well i mean to be fair it's john polito he's angry that he's a character in every movie he's in (laughs) that's true that's very true uh so uh tintin comes in with like a purse and he's like it's a leather purse and he's like what you got blood on this thing what are you doing here hey it's me john polito anyways i'll give you 50 bucks don't complain about it it's me john polito eh? and the guy's like shut up give me my money he's like yeah lock the door on your way out eh? i'm john polito eh? that's true sorry i've been it's watching true. a lot of i've been watching a lot of sopranos and all guys sound like that now <laughs> yeah pretty solid uh, though yeah, it's not bad. So Tintin walks out the door, shuts the gate, because he's a, a, a citizen of this city, and he cares. Where he's immediately yeah, we live a- in a society, as it turns out. <gasps> the Joker <gasps> has made you aware of this. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Patrick, John, have why you did seen you- the, the new trailer for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the oh. four-hour R-rated Justice League? All oh. I know is that it's four hours long, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> How could that be? The two-hour one was so bad, and everyone was so disinterested in being there. What could twice that length of those people milling around be like? Where did they find two extra hours of footage? (laughs) Now, Patrick, uh, the first Suicide Squad movie, uh, who was your favorite character in that one? Correct, Jared Leto's Joker. I thoughtfully (laughs) did not watch the first Suicide Squad. Well, buddy... You're going to have to if you want to get caught up for Justice League starring Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, God. The one thing we all agreed we loved. Jared Leto is still the reason I haven't seen the second Blade Runner. 
It's like, oh, crap, that guy. No. (laughs) That is actually a good use of Jared Leto because the character he's playing is unsufferable and feels like he reeks of sandalwood oil. (laughs) He's also only in like three scenes. True. All right. So, yeah. It's a solid flick. It's really good. I prefer it to the original Blade Runner. Oh, shit. Oh, whatever. I don't care. Lasers. They are both like... B-plus movies that kind of like, if you're in the mood for something that flavor, they are very much that flavor. But yeah, like, I wouldn't say they are like A-plus masterpiece movies. No, yeah. I mean, it's not the kind of movie that you just like put on and are just like, I can't wait to enjoy this. Yeah. It's a movie that you, like, it rewards like, like sitting down and like, Really digging in and uh, like immersing yourself in it. If, if you, you like something... cityscapes, boy, howdy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get some good cityscapes. Yeah. Anyways, Tintin is walking down the alleyways when, oh, what, hap- what happens? Eric Draven does a fucking swan dive out of a window, lands on his back, and laughs. <laughs> and I love like, it. Like, he's the Joker. This establishes another law of this movie universe, where this movie universe operates by Pokemon rules, where if you make eye contact with someone, you are in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, uh, uh, the, the crow walks up to, to Tintin, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And Tin's, Tin's like, blah, 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 I got knives. And the crow's like, let me see what you do with your knives. And he's like, I'm going to show you what I do with my knives. And he throws a knife, and the, the crow dodges it. Then he throws another knife, oh, and, and the crow slaps, slaps, it, slaps, it, away. slaps it away. <laughs> then he throws a third knife, and he catches it between his two hands. And then he throws it back at Tintin into his shoulder. Then he pulls out a knife and is like, you are one of the people that killed my girlfriend. Flash cut to him killing his girlfriend. Oh, right. Again. Also saying, a bunch of really trashy dialogue. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he uh, stabs him in the shoulder and we cut away. The next thing we know, Ernie Hudson's on the scene and he's just like, oh, man, someone killed this guy by putting like eight knives in him. (laughs) Scully, Uh, ever heard of the knife alien? (laughs) (laughs) And I love uh, that they establish that Ernie Hudson is under the thumb of this shitbag detective who rolls in and he's just like, Hudson, I don't know your character's name. What's all this mess? I don't know, Chief. We got this guy with knives in his chest. Knives in his chest? Oh, Hudson! Yeah, Ernie Hudson's character worked too hard to solve the murder of Eric Draven and Shelley Webster. He worked so hard on it that his boss was like, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) Beat cop now. How dare you try to solve this crime, guy well, so, whose job it is to solve crimes? What's <laughs> weird is that in the the like prologue before the time jump, Ernie Hudson is a cop, and he has com- he has a conversation with this same detective or captain or whatever his rank is, and he's just like, "Oh, Ernie Hudson, I see why they took away your gold shield." He's like, "Yeah, it's because I can't deal with this bullshit." So this is like the third time he's been demoted. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, so anyways, uh, so he's just like, Hey, uh, this dude got a bunch of knives all up in him and there's a uh, blood in the shape of a crow. Uh, and he's like, well, I mean, 
Tintin sucked, so on with the rest of the night, I guess. Yeah. That guy blows. Let's walk away from this one. True stories of the Highway Patrol. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So uh, then we cut back to fucking Dirtbag Pawn Shop in one of my favorite scenes. This Uh, is probably the best scene of the movie. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, So the the crow shows up and he knocks on the door and he uh, fucking dirtbag is just piss off. We're closed, which I adore gruff Americans yelling piss off instead of fuck off. That's that's such a good choice. That's always a preferable choice. Uh, Yeah, the the crow smashes in with his head with his head. And then he's just like, I'm looking for an engagement ring. And he's like. I love this scene so much when the crow is just fucking with him. Whenever the crow, who knows at this point that he cannot be harmed, that he is just a vengeance zombie, and he just fucks with people, is so good. It's great. Uh, Is this the one where he shoots him in the hand? No, that's later. This is the one where he he breaks down the door and says... (laughs) Uh, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping on my chamber door. Which, did you as hear we noted me rapping? before, is the wrong large black bird. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, he's like, did you hear me rapping? And he's like, fuck you. And he shoots him in the chest. Uh, the bullet, like, pops out. He has, like, Wolverine healing powers. Yeah, yeah, the hole seals up, and he just starts yelling, shit on me, shit on me. (laughs) He's just, he's like, he says it, like, 50 times, like, oh, shit on me, oh, shit on me, shit on me. The crow, like, kicks him, like, behind his, like, little desk. He delivers another great line of just, like, I don't think you're listening to me. I'm looking for an engagement ring. (laughs) Gold, have you seen it? It was pawned here by a man named Tintin last year. Uh, so he r- ransacks the fucking pawn shop. He finds the ring. Uh, he has like he- a psychic shock <laughs> when he finds the ring, and we yeah. get more fucking flashback montage. Then he. Oh, uh, but this is all the red lit fucking that they do in their happy relationship. That's flashbacks. true. So Eric DeRaven apparently canonically DaRaven. never ever wore a shirt when he was alive. No. No. Well, he John, he he was a musician. So that's true. That's in the very early nineties, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which we will also be reminded of when he steals from this pawn shop his engagement ring, a shotgun, and a guitar. Yeah. Are we are we meant to believe that that's that's are we meant to believe that's his guitar? First off, there's no fucking way that this pawn shop could not move that sick ass guitar in that's a year. <laughs> Come on. To be fair, it seems like this this pawn shop doesn't sell a lot of things. It just takes shit in. It looks like a hoarder's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Like there's I like there's a pile of engagement rings in back, and I guarantee you there's a flat cat underneath. <laughs> we find out later that this pawn shop is part of the like crime lord's crime empire, but yeah, it seems to only give out money. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, I think this pawn shop is like the bank for yeah. the crime lord. Um, so anyways, the crow uh, fucking... 
lights the a bunch of yeah, gasoline. He gets, he gets information about where all of the other uh, gang members are, and he has another one of my favorite lines where the guy's just like, oh, fun boy, he hangs out at the club. And he's just right. like, oh, fun boy, jolly little pirate gang with jolly little pirate names. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great line. Uh, and so, yeah, he gets information from them, and then he blows the place up. Uh, he <laughs> He's blows like, the place up by loading the shotgun with engagement rings. Yep. <laughs> and and shooting goes, them into the gas-filled <laughs> pawn shop. Yeah, he goes, does this smell like gasoline to you? And the guy goes, <laughs> oh, no! And he gets blown out into the street. And, like, the crow doesn't even wait to, like, walk away from the explosion. The crow's like, nah, fuck it. I'm just blowing this place up. And the crow gets blown out the door, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, like, this is exactly how I would behave in a lot of ways if I, like, suddenly got immortality powers. Like, that's the one thing I never really got about, like... Wolverine specifically, where he's just like, no, I got to be careful on this mission. This is going to be a bad mission. I got to be real. I got to be real, like in my head and like on my game. And why? You're Wolverine. Your bones are indestructible and your flesh cannot be pierced. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, I think the I think the key is that Wolverine does feel pain. Whatever. Bro doesn't. Yeah, the crow doesn't appear. The crow uh, disagree, but, Patrick. The crow feels nothing but sad boy pain. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, what I love about the crow, though, is every time he does get stabbed or shot or exploded, he makes sure to feign that he's feeling pain. Yeah. Like, yeah. For, for the just for like the amusement of the people he who were shooting him, he's like, "Ooh, ow, you shot me. Oh, it hurts." And yeah. they're like, "Yeah, that's right. I shot you." And then he's like. Oh, I'm now okay. And they're like, oh, no, you're some kind of ghost. (laughs) So Ernie Hudson, attracted to all explosions as a moth to the flame, shows up (laughs) at this new explosion. That's Uh, right. And and he he confronts the crow. Yeah. And then and the crow is like, you remember me? You remember Shelly Webster, my girlfriend? He's like, yeah. What? Don't leave here. I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, I guess you can shoot me, but like, <laughs> it's not going to do anything. I'm the immortal the crow. Yeah. Again, it is crow.text of you're wearing face paint. I'm the crow. Go ahead and shoot me. I don't want to shoot you, but okay. Oh, no, I can't shoot you enough. Well, I guess you better disappear. Yeah, he does. A, he pulls a Batman and disappears into the night. And then Ernie Hudson is like a five sentence monologue where he's just like, Guy right in front of me disappears right in front of me. Where'd he go? Oh, well, at least he didn't do the mime thing where he walks against the wind. I hate that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, this starts Ernie Hudson on a uh, um, a trail of discovery to find out what's going on with this guy, which is all pointless because the crow will show up at his house later and just explain everything. Right? Yeah, the, the crow shows up at his house later, and the and Ernie Hudson's like, "Are you a ghost?" And he's like, "Nope." But he's like, "All right, yeah, good enough, yeah, done and done." Yeah. Well, again, this is not the first time Ernie Hudson has dealt with the supernatural. It has become old hat to him. Are we? To be, are you? Are you? Are John? Are you trying to say that that this is? His this character Sergeant Albrecht is just Winston Zeddemore under an assumed name. Well, because Winston, if you remember from GB two, couldn't get solid work other than as a children's entertainer. So That's no police correct. force is going to hire him when he's just like, I don't know. It's weird that like you got a lot of beef with the city for stiffing you on that giant stiff button marshmallow man bill, even though that 
doesn't make any sense. That's one of the things that always bothered me about Ghostbusters 2. It's like, it's a couple of years later, the Ghostbusters are now, like, considered charlatans. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Literally, yeah. millions of people saw a giant marshmallow man punch buildings, step on a church, catch on fire, and explode. And you're trying to tell me that the Ghostbusters are full of shit? Yeah, it's frustrating because yeah. I love where all of the Ghostbusters end up after yes. there's no more Ghostbusters. Like, it all, like, works so well. But, yeah, how they get there is so dumb. It, it literally should have sh- just been, like, oh, we did too good a job. There's exactly. no more ghosts. Exactly. We have to find other forms of income and revenue. Oh, yeah. I love the, like, Ghostbusters 2 was not nearly as good as Ghostbusters 1, but the fact that Peter Venkman is hosting a shitty, like, day, daytime, like, cable show. Oh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and the fact man. that Dan Aykroyd is still at it in the uniform trying to make the dream work. Yeah. It's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that Egon is just making families wait in a hot room. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what a- happens when we take the puppy away. A- a, a a bit that would be stolen years later on Community for that episode about psychology where uh, John Oliver's character... Yeah, just making people wait in the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the one great bit of Ghostbusters 2, except for everything Peter McNichol does. Oh, hell yeah. That dude rules. <laughs> the upper vest side. <laughs> he is Vigo! <laughs> so uh, good. So, so anyways... Good. I, I, sorry if this is like... If that character is now offensive, I have not heard anything about that character getting canceled. Well, but you're like, lucky that you the could make the case. They're not a people. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, uh, they are fake. I mean, yeah, they never come out and say what Janusz is. Also, like, we gotta be okay with making fun of just like plain old white folks. I don't That's care true. where they're. I don't care where they're from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a. It was the 80s, and his name is Janusz, so he's probably Slavic, is why we made that joke. Sure. I think he's and from where Balki is from, from Perfect Strangers, who yeah, is also right. from where Latka from Taxi is from. Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> Balki is from Mipos, and it's Greece, basically. It's a small island off of Greece. Sure. With lots of goats. Yes. True. Then they do the Dance of Joy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, what I'm saying is it's all the same place. No, 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 no. Janusz and, and Balki are from two different places. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I can't allow you to do this. It's like Janusz when they and call Balki New have York very City. different opinions about the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I say technically it never fell. It just reformed itself into the Republic of Turkey. Nailed it. <laughs> so anyways, the crow... Uh, continues doing crow things. Meanwhile, we meet the uh, the bad guy of this. Finally, his name is Top Dollar, and I uh, simply cannot stand anything about him. So he's oh, but his by... voice is so raspy, and his hair is so possibly real, but probably not. I literally so, could not understand a single word he said in this entire movie. Well, I had to put because some, he I had to put subtitles a carburetor. on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For better conditions. Yeah, I had to put <laughs> subtitles on just to understand Top Dollar. He is played by uh, Michael Wincott, who's best known as playing Guy of Gisborne on uh, Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, and also apparently uh, was in uh, Alien Resurrection. So there's that. Yeah. 
That could very well be. Fun fact, no one on Earth has seen Alien Resurrection. No, Not no, true. I've seen it. I've seen it. I got it no, on videotape. Nope. These yep. are all fake memories. You saw the trailer and extrapolated the rest of the movie from there. No way. I remember it because it's the one alien movie where they were just like, what if we let a wacky French guy direct everything? It was wacky. It's super, <laughs> It's exceedingly wacky. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll come back to this later. I, I need material proof that this movie was actually ever released well john you have hbo max it's on there so you can watch it whenever you want oh shit guys we should do it for this very podcast oh no next time guys no my sarcasm already made me watch the crow for this episode i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. make the same mistake yeah. twice and i'm mad about that because this movie's rapey <laughs> Very much so. Jesus. In like a profoundly gross oh, way. In that yeah. you don't ever see any like nudity or anything like that, but you it's definitely filmed from the survivor's point of view during the act, which has gotta be like immensely triggering. Oh. Right. Like it's, on purpose. It's super gross. And also, they keep just cutting back to it. It uses a plot device. Yeah. And the fact that they keep they keep reshowing it from different perspectives of different as part of the general all purpose like flashback montage, like buddy, yeah, what are you doing? It's yeah. it's bad enough that this is yet another movie where we uh, just just like the death of a woman has to be used as the the propellant for the main character to do his thing. But the fact that they decided to add sexual assault to it as well is just like, come on guys, you didn't have to do that. Right. Yeah. Especially cause again, like we get his motivation. We get the relationship that they had before they were attacked. Please stop showing it to me. Yeah. Like and it's a new piece of information. And that's right. the other thing is they show it conservatively like 12 times throughout the movie. Yeah. Conservatively. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, Ernie Hudson, he goes back to his police desk and he gets the file. Uh, <laughs> and this is where he finds out that what was happening was that uh, the fucking top top dollar? Top, top dollar. dollar. Top dollar. Top dollar uh, runs a property tops, firm tops and trading he card. Them. Yeah, he's a slumlord yeah. uh, and he was evicting them, which makes... Absolutely zero sense because we go back to that property and it is still currently abandoned. Completely the right. only reason you would ever try to rush out the tenants of an apartment building would be to demolish it and use that real estate to make more money, not right. just like, I just don't like people. Yeah, Get no. rid of all of these people. That block should be a Tim Hortons when they go back. Right? It should be like part of a of a fucking baseball stadium or some shit. But instead yeah. it's just a boarded up house. Yeah. It doesn't make it's, any sense. Yeah, it, it the, the bad guys again, this is the bad guy is again, all the bad guys are like just jokers. Their whole yeah. thing is just like I want to watch the city burn, except for the main joker who's just like oh, I'll watch the city burn. Yeah. <laughs> he does do it real gravelly like that. And then I I got a, I got a sword. And I got this lady with me, it's Bai Ling. And also, we we had sex with this lady so hard she died. You see that? We had sex with this lady so hard she died. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, I... Also, uh, Bai Ling is my sister? 
Yes, also, Jiling is his sister. Seems so to be implied we... that it's, like, half-sister, because he in, he says, like, oh, Daughter me and my, my sister father, here, yeah. and it's just, like, your sister? It's, like, yeah, from my father. That's and still... it's just, like, so it's the same. Yes, it's still very gross. In my but I opinion, think it is implied that they're half-siblings. Too related to fuck. Oh, correct. <laughs> John, yeah. stop, John, stop saying half-sibling like it's a fucking Pornhub search category. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, if I could wave a magic wand, I want all porn sites to come with not categories of what I want to see, but categories of like, no thank you. Oh my god. If you yeah, if there was just like a click box of things I could just like don't ever show me this again, yes. I would I would love that. And you know what? You can put that on Netflix as well. <laughs> because goddamn for whatever reason, Netflix wants me to watch every Piers Morgan show that's ever been produced. <laughs> Because one time, like, we watched fucking Forensic Files, and there was a British person on it. And it's like, oh, so you like Piers Morgan, eh? Well, here's all the Piers Morgan you can use. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Ugh. That's but the yeah, worst cranky British guy. If you could integrate something like what Twitter has of, like, muted words and phrases. Oh. Because if I just put step as a blocked word, that covers so many things I don't want to see. <laughs> True. That clears out a good 30% of the videos. Yeah, but well, you are going to yeah. miss out on all that top quality fucking on the stairs. <laughs> Too dangerous. I mean, <laughs> I imagine that it would hurt, but you know. Movie, <laughs> movie magic. <Yeah. laughs> That's true. The stairs were put there in post. Yeah. Yes. Now that we've all gotten to a, a deeper look into Patrick's pornography preferences... <laughs> Stare fucking. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I think this is at the part where fucking T Bird or T Bone uh, has one of my favorite lines where he's talking to Skank, who is deeply irritating. Uh, They're all says, deeply no, 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 irritating. We can't be a- okay, well, maybe. No, no. I'll let you go. So ahead. This- yeah, because here's the thing: we resolve the plot about halfway through the movie. This movie foolishly saves Skank for last. Yeah. Yeah. I so just, what, uh, I'm worried we we're are skipping missing. Fun Boy. So yeah, we are missing... Oh, you're yes. right. I forgot about Fun Boy. How could so you forget Fun about Boy, Fun Boy? So Fun Boy is, uh, he is dating Sarah's mom, Darla, who is a waitress uh, at uh, some bar. I and think it's The Pit. Yes, The Pit. And um, they do heroin together. Yes, uh, they, they do, do morphine H- together. Morphine, fair. <laughs> so the crow shows up at Fun, at fun Boy's fucking... I don't know what that was. His fuck loft. Yeah. Hotel. It says hotel. That's the sign he's in. Uh, It says says hotel. It's above the bar. Are you sure? It looked like a third floor garage. No, no. I think there's a (laughs) shot that says hotel of like the crow. I mean, and I mean the bird. When the bird is like finding them. Right. Yeah. We we can't point this stuff out enough. This bird is sort of like his uh, health bar. And follows him yeah. around everywhere he goes. Right, right. And he can and see through the bird's eyes, which is actually kind of a neat trick. It's cool. And it's communicated very interestingly. I, I do like how occasionally they will uh, put an insert shot of uh, a close-up of the crow, the bird, like quickly looking to one side or the other. And it every single time is hilarious. Yeah. Every single time. It is just like, wait, what? Wait, huh? <laughs> and really? you know, I'll say this. Okay. <laughs> The, like, the 13, 14 actual birds, like the crows that they use in the movie, are very well trained. Oh, yeah. True. Very true. 
They're well, strong they're actors smart. for birds. <laughs> Those crows are uh, getting paid and 401k. <laughs> so yeah, the crow sends in his crow to scout ahead. Uh, and then he's like, okay, well, there's fun boy. I know what I'll do. I'll jump through this window. Good thing I brought my guitar. <laughs> right. So he leaps through this window, and Funboy is like, what are you doing here? You got makeup on. He's and like, he says, why shut don't shut up. I need to put this guitar on this coat rack real quick. Okay, <laughs> now we can talk. Yep. And it's the same thing as before. You're wearing makeup. Shoot me. Oh, no, I can't shoot you enough. But what I love about this, this is scene the is, hand. Yeah, he shoots the crow in the hand, and it's then there's a shot of like a static hand that's clearly just like a wood carved like hand and then like yeah. the crow like looks through the little like hole in the hand and laughs at him uh and then he shoots uh his uh, like his other hand i guess and like the hand bullets you know the hand holes heal up and he's like what? and then the crow shotgun no yeah he shoots no, him he, the dick. he tries to shoot he tries to shoot the crow but the crow like pushes his hand down so that he shoots himself in the shin that's right. And, and this then he's, is my favorite line in the movie. The guy looks at the crow and says, look what you've done to my sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and that is fucking golden. Yeah. It's a great line. Yeah. Oh, Fun Boy's got another golden line coming up uh, later on in the sequence that yeah. I absolutely love. So the crow uh, like dumps him in a bathtub. Yeah, because he still needs to get more information out of him about where the other shitbags are. Uh, Meanwhile, he sees. Yeah, he sees uh, Sarah's mom, and this scene made me very uncomfortable for reasons that I don't think I can fully articulate. But he grabs her and and like puts her in front of a mirror and says, "Like, look, look at yourself. Mother is the name of God on the lips and hearts of all children." Morphine is bad for you. <laughs> and then he pushes the morphine out of her veins. Except and then like uh, throws her out. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not it's not morphine that comes out of her veins. It's like a yellow pus. Yeah, it yeah. looks not unlike what's inside uh Lance Henriksen in Aliens. Yeah. True. True. Oh shit, she's an android. She's not anymore, she's Yutani. not John. Now she's a mom. That's true. That's right. Uh, in a scene later on where she does reconnect with Sarah, I actually find very sweet. Yeah. It's kind of charming, yeah. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, so he wakes up Fun Boy and is just like, where's everyone else? And he's like, I'll tell you off screen. <laughs> uh, and then Crow grabs all of his, I guess, yeah, canonically it's established as morphine needles uh, and starts just jamming them into Fun Boy's chest. And Fun Boy says... Oh, stop. You're wasting it. (laughs) (laughs) Fun Boy was the best. One of the reasons I have never really, like, gotten into drugs and drug culture is it just seems so expensive. There's... There's you know too I mean? much, too much paraphernalia, too many yeah. props. Too so many like, props. I get it. I get it, Fun Boy. Like, I would be very annoyed even if I were in the act of dying to just be like, I spent good money on that friend. Right. What are you doing? Yeah, like weed is one thing. You just roll that up in some paper, you smoke it, problem solved. But once you get like spoons, fire, needles, tubes, belts involved, fuck that. That's too yeah. much work. And yeah. the Narcan. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anything that requires a procedure to do is just like, no, nah, that's too, too much. much. 
Nah, I'd rather much. just eat ice cream, man. So that makes uh, me feel good too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like top dollars, number two guy, like comes into the hotel room for the crow to like Batman out the window with his guitar again. Right. Which was like, why'd you bring that dude? Because the next time we see the crow, he's literally. No, no, no. I understand why he owns the guitar. <laughs> I don't understand why he brought the guitar to fun boy. Because he's going to his rooftop guitar place and fun boys on the way. He didn't want to have to double back or take the bus. John, John, you have to understand, just like Prince's house, Paisley Park, every room is wired for sound. The entire city of the crow was wired for sound. So wherever the crow goes, if the crow wants to rock out and write a new song, he can. Boy, yeah. that was a waste of infrastructure because we hear the songs he's jamming out. They are awful. They are bad. Uh, so number two comes in and he sees Fun Boy with all of the morphine stabbed into his heart with and a, a huge carving crow of the crow in blood all in around his him. chest, which is yes, hilarious. Yeah, it's very hilarious. It's pretty good. Uh, so now it's sort of like, now we now meet I up think with we get to Tebow. T-Bird and Skank. Yep. Uh, this is where T-Bird says the immortal lines to Skank after they do their fire it up bullshit that is just sad now that it's only two of them. Yeah. And they do it like at each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, T-Bird says, go in there, get some smokes and road beers <laughs> yeah. and right. be quick about it. Beers for the road. And Skank walks into the store, begins grabbing literally everything and eating oh, yeah. it as he's going. Yeah, yeah. The, the crow shows up. Uh, well, because here's the thing about loss prevention. As long as you don't try to leave the store, they can't touch you. That's true. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gotten like a bunch of grapes at the grocery store and just eating grapes as I'm wandering the grocery store. I've always wanted to have the guts to do that thing that you see in movies all the time where someone's shopping and they grab just like a bottle or a can of something and just start drinking it. <laughs> I, I, I have done that before where you get like a can and like just drink your soda throughout. And then when you get to the checkout, you're like, I drank this while I was here and yeah. bring it up. I've done that before. Sure. They'll let you do that. Nice. Well, I, uh, when society reopens, this sounds like a fun thing. Sure. Society won't reopen. Yeah. Uh, we live in a society. God damn it, John. <laughs> I'm so mad. Boy, yeah. That movie looks like garbage. This movie, pretty all right. Yeah, it's uh, And this is when we get to the most pretty all right action uh, set piece where uh, T-Bird gets inside his car that he has to kneel down to crawl into, and who should pop up but the crow? Oh! Uh, T-Bird says, who are you? The crow says, I'm a passenger. <coughs> Drive. Which I absolutely am going to say to the next Lyft driver that picks me up. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Jonathan? Yes, I am the passenger. Drive. <laughs> 
Uh, so T-Bird's fucking And they give rod. him five stars and tip really well because no one should have to deal with my idiot. <laughs> uh, so the T-Bird's uh, hot rod like shoots off. Skank is inside and he's like, oh no, you left me behind. He runs out <laughs> and is immediately struck by a Hugo. Yes, he gets he hit then, by a Hugo. But he, he then, doesn't die because he only got hit by a Hugo. He then pops this up. This infuriates the driver of the Hugo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he pops up immediately. The driver of the Hugo is like, how dare you get hit by my car? <laughs> Skank beats him up, steals his Hugo, and engages in oh, the worst fucking car chase I've ever seen in a movie. Because this is clearly through, like, shot. Back alleys. Yeah, well, because it's clearly shot on a lot. And yeah. they clearly only had about one block. So it's just yeah. quick cuts of not a whole lot of geography. It's the yeah. same block over and over and over again. Yeah. This was um, incredibly boring. Yeah. But it leads to a very good kill. Yeah. <laughs> so the, eventually, like, a cop car gets involved and the cop car crashes into Skanks. You go and there's like a nice uh, T-Bird has a really great line of, when they have the lights flashing, it doesn't mean they're friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, they get to, like, the docks, and the crow duct tapes... Uh, duct tapes and bungee cords. Yeah. Uh, fucking Jerry from Twin Peaks to this thing. He then <laughs> puts his foot on the gas, drops like a Oh, grenade. hold on. We get a goddamn masterclass in acting from T-Bird in this scene where he just says, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, I know you, but you can't be you because we live in the really real world <laughs> and you can't come back. <laughs> we live in the really real world. The you really can't come world. back. Uh, then he drops a grenade on his crotch, shoves his foot on the gas, the car speeds off of the dock, and you're like, oh, man, he's going to drown and then explode. Wrong. He explodes in <laughs> midair yeah. and then hits the water and then drowns. And then, Patrick, it's, what happens? Whoa. What happens? <laughs> he drops his lit Zippo to do one of those lit-traced clothes, crows right on the uh, harbor there. Yep. Uh, you get to see the flaming crow. A good Five or six years before the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Oh, sure. And a good, like, 10, uh, 10 12 years before Batman did it on a bridge in Dark Knight Rises. Also yeah. true. True, true. However, uh, the best postscript to this particular scene. Oh, and the Punisher did it in a movie, too. Oh, yeah. Was he that totally uh, did. War Games, or was that the first one? That's the first one. The first one. I never saw the first one. I only saw the, uh, the War Games, the second War one. War Zone? Warzone, yes. Yeah, War Games is the movie with Matthew Broderick where he fights a computer. Uh, no, War Games is the Punisher story where he says, quit playing games with my heart. No, you're thinking of War Games, the song Crosby, Stills, and Nash recorded for the movie War Games. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you know what? I often get a Punisher story written by Garth Ennis in the uh, mid-2000s and a song <laughs> written in, I'm going to say... The 80s? Yeah, like 84, 82. Because yeah. Young's not in the band at that point, so it's got to oh, be post-70s he's, he's for sure. Long at that point, he'd already done like Reactor and shit. Uh, is this before or after he tried to put a battery in his car and it exploded? Uh, Probably just after. 
Nice. Yeah. He did a whole album about how much he loved his electric car and then it blew up. Yeah, I think that's I think that's reactor. Who boy. Buddies, the world is kind of dumb. Yeah, but Neil Young's great. True. Yeah. Uh so Skank like sees all this going down and he goes up to his boss and is just like, "Boss, there's a crow and he's picking us off one by one." And he's just like, rah, rah, rah. "I don't care." Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it doesn't bother me because we're we know that the crow is the source of his power. Also, sometimes I take people's eyeballs and we burn them in a cup and I inhale the smoke. That's a thing I do. Anyways, (laughs) oh no, the crow's here. Well, so he has he has his long table crime (laughs) meeting where all of the other crime is. Yeah, they all get together and trade guns and money. Yeah, this this is I could understand. Every word he said, and I wish to God I didn't because it's so stupid. He gives a little speech about how, now I had this idea for Devil's Night, which, no, you didn't. It's been around for decades or is brand new. I don't know. Either way, this speech makes no sense. But he says, well, now this idea has become an institution and now they're selling greeting cards. Anyway, let's quit. And they're like, oh, man, what a... You mean we're gonna we're not gonna do it this year? And he's like, "No, we are gonna do it, but like more harder." <laughs> and yeah. it's just like this is, this scene accomplishes nothing, and it's clear that you came into this meeting that you scheduled with no plan on what you were gonna meet about. Yeah, his it, it ends. This is I looked up the speech. This is how it ends. He goes. No, I want you to set a fire so goddamn big, the gods will notice us again. That's what I'm saying. I want all you boys to look me straight in the eye one more time and say, Are we having fun or what? Hey you, what's your name? Skank? Skank, you don't feel that? I feel like (laughs) a little worm on a big fucking hook. Ha 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 ha. Fun fact... In my high school drama class, somebody did that monologue for an assignment. Nice. Yeah. Funner fact, he did it in crow makeup. (laughs) Nice. But the crow doesn't give that speech. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's a dummy. Even funnier fact, in college, a whole different person did that speech for an acting assignment. See, uh, our high school drama department was rife of Goodwill hunting monologues. Of course. Uh, And then when we got to the, like, between graduating high school and going to theater school, all of the local auditions, like, to a T, every third woman that was auditioning for a part used the exact same monologue from the end of Night Mother. (laughs) And they would always start screaming on the exact same line, and they would always bend into themselves at a 90-degree angle to get that scream. Each and every one of them, guaranteed. <laughs> Acting, baby. Boy, howdy. That's how you do it. Uh, so anyways, yeah, he gives his big dumb speech. The crow shows up, and what follows is the crow kind of just, like, getting sh- He gets, like, shot by, like, everybody. And then he's like, well, that's it. Case closed. The crow got shot. This guy who couldn't be killed before definitely got killed this time. I think we're okay. Hey, just go, just real quick, check on his body. What do you mean his body's gone? Oh, no, the crow's back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course, uh, Top Dollar also says, cool clothes. I don't know about the makeup you're wearing, 
Oh, was the crow wearing makeup? Hadn't noticed. Uh, so the crow uh, gets shot by a bunch of guys. He takes out all of the goons. Um, it's a pretty decent action sequence. All it's right. done. Yeah, I think it, it it he takes out the lights and it's lit by it's lit by strobe, which this movie has a real problem with its lighting. Yeah, uh, and that kind of obscures some of the like pretty decent fight stuff that's going on. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Uh, he he like takes out some guys with some like uh, some martial arts with some gunplay. At one point, he steals a sword, like a samurai sword, and is cutting dudes down. Uh, eventually, he gets skank. Uh, throws Skank out a fucking window. Ooh, well, yeah. I love how Skank tries to talk his way out of it by saying, Skank? Oh, no, that's not me. Skank's over there. He's dead. Yeah, and the crow's like, you're right. He is. Throw out the window. Yeah. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's yeah. dead. <laughs> it's a chopper. Meanwhile, uh... The fucking crow gets like well, shot. Well, this is when the cops. This is when the cops show up and chase the crow. This is another for great moment. No is the reason. cops show up and they're like freeze, and he's like okay, and then he does like a little Fred Astaire hoppity hop off yeah. the side. <laughs> yeah, that is real. I good. love that. Bit. It's awesome. That was very very nice. That's the uh, one. That's what this movie's really missing is more opportunities for him to have just like a little more personality. Yeah, whenever this movie has a little bit of fun with its premise or its characters, it's so charming and good. What are you talking about? But it about? just it rubber bands back to like no, but the world is actually real dark and sad. All of his personality is conveyed in those awesome rock out sequences that we don't even talk about because they're so they're too awesome for us to discuss. Well, because we're I think we're getting to the rock out sequence, I think. No, uh, we passed he, both. He of evades them. <laughs> he evades the police. He gets in Ernie Hudson's car. Ernie Hudson has been suspended. Yeah. In yes. a line that for, I find for doing too good of police work. Yeah, again, and it, the like the like detective captain sergeant has the best line where clearly he started to construct a line and then ran out of road but couldn't stop short. So he says, "All right, Mister Big Shot, today's the first day, first day of what of the rest of your suspension." <laughs> like, oh, that sounded cooler in my head. <laughs> oh, it's rough. Uh, so yeah, the... So Ernie Hudson in civvy clothes, uh, is, like, following the crow in his, in his, uh, car as the crow is, like, doing flippity parkour flops on the, the crow rooftops. is The crow is literally doing the fucking Marv from Sin City dive across the rooftops and everything. I guarantee oh, yeah. you, Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller watched this movie, like, 30 times before making Sin City. Well, so yeah, this came out, again, I think, I believe the comic came out like 90, 91, which is about when Frank Miller would have been starting to do Sin City. And right. uh, before it was standalone, it was in an anthology. I can't remember what anthology magazine it was part of. Uh, so, yeah, like it, the like jumping in profile on rooftops was just like in the water of 90s indie comics at the sure. time because you had the Max that was doing that same shit. You had like uh, Spawn was like. Every fucking page was the spawn jumping through rooftops or perched on a, like, church cross. Yeah, or walking through an alleyway. True. True. So anyways, uh, they, they get to this uh, church? 
Yeah. yeah, Ernie Hudson gives it, like, he gets into Ernie Hudson's car, and, like, in Grand Theft Auto 3, that's enough for all of the cops to lose where he is and just <laughs> give up. Right. Uh, and he, yeah, he bails out of Ernie Hudson's car, and in, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember, this is, I think he goes back to his apartment, and isn't this where he's playing his guitar, and then he does a Phoebe Bridgers and just starts smashing it? I think so. Yeah, he he does he does like either way at some point in the movie, he stands on top of his apartment. He pl- it's in the rain. He's playing an electric guitar attached to like a 50 watt amp and he plays the wheedliest like 80s hair metal guitar solo that right. is put through like eight levels of reverb. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then he's realizing like, how bad it is, he smashes the amp with his guitar. Yeah, yeah. he gulfs it off with the guitar then smashes the guitar. See, so, yeah, this um, is where he goes back home because this is where it's the next day and Sarah is just like, uh, at, at some point in the previous night, Sarah was skateboarding out and she got in front of a car and Crow like saved her from getting hit by the car. Uh, and she's like, that's more like surfing than skating anyway. I hate the rain in this city. And he says, well, you know, it, it can't rain all the time. Yeah. And that sparks a, like, reminiscence in her. So she goes back to her home and puts on uh, fucking Eric Draven's record. Because I don't know if you guys know this. He was in a band, you guys. <laughs> and it starts, it, it only plays the lyric, it can't rain all the time. And then it just starts skipping to just repeat that. Because that's clearly all they bothered to record of this terrible <laughs> song. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the scene where Sarah, like, comes home and her mom is, like, making her breakfast. Well, she's that's coming clean. up because first she goes to, like, the crow's apartment uh, and she's like, oh, it's the cat that the crow used to own. That's crazy. You're still alive. It's even crazier that this real estate scheme seemed to run out of gas <laughs> right when they got all the tenants out. I guess the buyer backed out. I guess he didn't have good enough collateral. It makes a lot of sense. Anyway, it's me studying for my finance degree. Yeah. But she says, like, all right, Eric, I guess you're not here. I guess you don't really care. And then she turns to go and then boom, back lit spot light of the crow perched in that fucking like. Uh, just circle window that is prominently yeah. in his locked his apartment. Doctor Strange Sanctum Sanctorum window yeah. with a fucking guitar sting, and he's just like, "I never said I didn't care." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he says like, "Hey, it's me. I'm dead. I came back. Uh, I don't super know how the rules work on this anyway." Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then he Good luck right knowing that death is not at all what you conceived of it to be this entire time. Right. See ya. Uh, so, yeah, he goes to... He's about to, like... Uh, so he, just, like, kind of fucks off for a little bit. Like, he's, like... I, he can't do stuff in daytime, I guess. I guess well, it's vampire he, rules. He, he, like, goes to the graveyard as if he's, like... Because he killed the people who killed his girlfriend he's like well i guess i'm done time to go back in my grave but like he yeah he but either like to can't... get there there's a couple so there's a couple like the the story of the movie is over and we're only about halfway through the movie which is why all of this stuff is 
really confusing. I watched this movie literally 20 minutes before we started this podcast. <laughs> same. So it is super fresh in my head. I wish I like, could say the same, even though I watched it at the same time. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's super fresh in my head, and I'm already struggling to grab on to the events in which, like, the order in which these events happen, because there is no cause and effect yeah, I don't to think anything it, in this movie. I don't think it matters. In any case, uh, but we, we have... end up back at the graveyard, and it's him and Sarah. And well, we're, uh... we're skipping over one of my favorite scenes. Uh, my two two of my favorite like non crow scenes. The first one is Sarah with her mother in the morning. And her mom's making eggs, and she's like, oh, what drugs did you take to become a good mother? And she's like, all right, fucking fine. I was trying, but I guess you're just going to be a little shithead. I'm going to throw the eggs away. And she's like, over easy. I like them over easy, mom. And it's like, all right, you know what? Pretty well done scene. Can't stand the actor who played Sarah, but a pretty good scene nonetheless. Then it cuts to top dollars number one guy. As he goes to the crow's empty grave (laughs) that I guess has just been empty and overturned this whole time. And he, like, grabs a handful of dirt like, huh, fresh grave. (laughs) Someone's been here. Yeah, that's right. Because at some point he goes. I and gotta talks go to, pick up a package. No problem. You two yeah. talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, because he goes to talk to Top Dollar, and he's like, Top Dollar's like, "Did you go to the grave?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was empty." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." <laughs> like, yeah, and but this does. I mean, we're basically at the end of the movie, uh, where he he's like trying to go back to the grave. Yeah, well, he once again goes back to the grave, and Sarah is waiting for him there. That's right. Because she's, he, uh, like, sleeping in there at night, and he's like, you shouldn't sleep in a graveyard. Yeah, no, she's like, she's like sleeping in a graveyard. You're probably going to tell you it's a dangerous place. And he's like, there's no safer place to be. And she's, she's like, like, because everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dark he, joke, kid. <laughs> and then he gives that shitty little girl... Uh, the engagement ring that he originally gave to Shelly. Yeah, his, his fiance, yeah. Yeah. So he gives um, her the engagement ring that he's been wearing as a necklace for a little while, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, you hold on to this. Shelly would want you to have it. And she's like, okay, I guess. He's like, now I have to go to this church and like murder a guy. No big deal. Well, Shelly go, or Sarah goes off and she gets kidnapped. That's right. He's about to like give up. That's right. He's about to like meet Shelly again uh, in the afterlife. But then Sarah gets kidnapped, and he has to go like save her out of that church. That's right. And it, it's Top Dollar and the Number Two and the and the stepsister. Yes. Uh, and then they get to the church, and they fucking shoot the crow. Oh yeah. And after they shoot the crow, he no longer has his powers, even though the crow was alive. The crow remains alive, but in the weakened state, I guess. The crow, yeah. the man, is no longer invincible. He's yes, that's real the shot. crow for you. That sure is. Uh, that's a good Mr. Crowen. So the crow, <laughs> the crow gets seamless. Sh- you like that, baby? It was great. So the crow gets shot. Therefore, the the sorry, the bird crow gets shot. So that's man. True. So man like crow. a giant, like, fucking sniper rifle. It's like a like 50 you get cal, out of Metal Gear Solid. 50 cal sniper rifle. Yeah, it's And a it does, big like, gun. a flesh wound onto this bird. Yeah. yeah. That bird should have turned into just, like, black powder and feathers. 
Yeah. Uh, so we, and this, I will say, uh, is when Top Dollar gets his one good line in the whole movie where he says, hey, I got an impression for you. Call, call, bang, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I laughed really hard when that happened. <laughs> it was really good. Um, so, yeah, he shoots that. They shoot the crow, the man crow, in the shoulder. And, oh, no, he's vulnerable again. And then Biling takes the bird crow and she's got a gun to its head. And she's like, I'm going to fucking steal your crow power. And it's at this point that the crow turns into, like, the size of a small dog. Yeah, for the whole movie, it's like the size of a normal bird, but all of a sudden, it's like the size of like a fucking pug. Uh, but yeah, the crow, the bird, turns the tables on her and says, Ah, you who likes eyes, I shall peck them out of you now. Yes, there's a little yep. bit of a chase, because uh, Ern- they start running up the church. Yeah, because Ernie, Ernie Hudson, Hudson gets shows up. Ernie Hudson gets there, and he shoots, he's dual-wielding a flare gun and a sidearm, <laughs> yeah, and I love like it. Uh, but he sees that the crow got shot, and he's like, I thought you were invincible. And he goes, I was. I'm God, not I, anymore. I fucking love the chemistry they have in this it's section so good. of the movie. If the movie were more of this, it would be like an, an A-plus instant classic. I wish uh, I wish yeah, this movie would have started with him already being the crow and just being the crow in the world. And, like, yeah. we didn't have to deal with all the, like, fucking horrible, like, assault flashbacks and him crying all the time. If it was just him being, like, wacky Harlequin, like, crime fighter man, oh, I'd be on board or all the if way. Or it, if it just stuck to the premise of, like, this is his one night of vengeance and he is going to, like, just check these names off the list. And right. then just give that time to breathe instead of trying to, like, with... 20 minutes left of the movie, try to add a whole new character with entirely different stakes. Yes. Right. Uh, Yeah. I love Ernie Hudson has the idea of like, all right, here's the plan. You go on ahead, you let them shoot you until they're out of bullets and then I'll arrest them. And he's like, that's a great plan. I'm not invincible anymore. Yeah. It's like, Oh no. So like they, they, they run up the stairs. Ernie Hudson starts shooting. He gets shot in the chest and then the crow's like, I thought you were going to go behind me. And he's just like, oops, I messed up the plan. So the yeah. crow runs up. That's when the bird eats out Bai Ling's eyes. And then she yeah. falls down and rings the giant church bell and splats on the ground. The crow and the runs number up. two already got shot, right? Like Ernie Hudson yeah. shot him in the initial fire. Ernie Hudson firefight. shot him, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I have no memory of what happens with number two goon after he shoots crow. I think he just... Leaves. Oh, I know he gets shot. I think yeah. twice yeah. by Ernie, Ernie Hudson, Hudson. Just shoots him. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So then we go. This is uh, yeah. The crow, the character, goes to a rainy Gothic church rooftop for the dumbest climax of any movie. Yeah, this is pretty bad. So Top Dollar is there waiting. He is wearing his uh, knockoff version of the shirt that Prince wears in When Doves Cry. Uh, it looks like he's going for a cross between, like, the kid-era Prince and, like, Antonio Banderas in a Zorro movie. A little, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And he's got his fucking Anigo Montoya, like, fucking <laughs> fencing saber out there with him with its big, ornate handle. And he's like, but blah, 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 blah. And yeah, the crow's and I like, hate the stakes in this movie because at this point, the crow came back to the church to die. And yes. now it's like, oh no, now he's vulnerable. 
to being killed. Okay. But that doesn't stop him from snatching up a weather vane for this stupid, <laughs> stupid sword fight. It's like something out of The Simpsons. Like, this would be something that would be in a Simpsons parody of an action movie. So they fight for a little bit, and eventually the crow gets the upper hand by, and this is my, one of my favorite parts of the movie, because it's the gothiest, sad boyiest oh, bullshit. Jesus. Oh, yeah. he, he's like, I-, I have something to give to you. I don't want it anymore. And he touches this guy's head and gives him like the Ghost Rider penance stare. And he <laughs> he yells 30 years of, or he's like 30, like three hours. hours. Three, three, hours, hours, three hours of pain. Three hours of pain all at once. Uh, 30 hours. It's 30 hours of pain all at right. once. Yes, yes, and yes. he gives it to the guy and he like fucking comes in his pants. Yeah, he gives him basically the psychic experience of what his fiance uh, endured during her final night. Which, to be fair, what he really gave them was the secondhand experience of Ernie Hudson uh, giving the crow the experience. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So really the experience was, the real experience he gave them was, man, I'm bummed out this vending machine ate my nickel so I couldn't get a clock bar. (laughs) And like, it's double plus stupid because like, that dude is barely connected to these events. No, he very clearly says, it was all because of me. Well, he says it was all because of me because everything in this town happens because of me. And it's just like, all right, but like we, the audience, don't really know or care who you are and like the very personal vengeance quest of this character doesn't intersect with you like hardly at all (laughs) well it doesn't matter john because top dollar comes in his pants after he gets the pain and he slips off the church where he is double impaled on a gargoyle part of it through his like gut and part of it through the back of his head out of his mouth. Yeah, and then like his, in uh, fucking Hot Fuzz. Yeah, and then his yeah. blood pours through the gargoyle somehow and comes through out of gargoyle. its mouth. The gargoyle. A lot of people don't know red. this, but uh, the reason that, the, that they would build those gargoyles onto the sides of cathedrals, a lot of people used to think that it was to strike the awe of the fear of God into the peasants who were illiterate. And this was the most primal way of eliciting the reaction before they enter the sanctuary. But really, they're just like Brita filters. (laughs) No, interesting. Uh, So anyways, the crow uh, fucking wins the day. The crow, And this is another, um, I love the scene that comes up next so much where he is just like, the crow is just like shot to hell, beaten up, just slumps down next to Ernie Hudson, pulls out a cigarette and is just like, huh. We really did some shit. All right. <laughs> I do love when the crow initially loses his powers and gets shot. He like looks at his shoulder and just goes, oh, fuck. As he yeah. falls. It's yeah, like- I just, I love these like human moments of when the crow actually gets to be a character. It's, it's an absolute shame that, that what happened to Brandon Lee happened because he was such a charismatic young actor this was um, so clearly his big break. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. God, because he's, there are moments in this movie, again, where he doesn't have to be like sad boy guitar wailing in the rain. Uh, <laughs> and he gets to just be like fun action hero man that it's fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ernie Hudson gets a cigarette and then he spits it out and he's just like, if I live through this, I'm quitting for good. Because this movie <laughs> is like funded by the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. Well, this but movie... it was the '90s. <clears throat> All movies were funded by the Dare program. So I actually had a shocking moment when back in earlier in the movie when the crow like breaks into Ernie Hudson's apartment. Uh, Ernie Hudson lights a cigarette and the crow takes it out of his mouth and I'm like, oh, here we go. But no, he then starts smoking it and I'm like, oh, that's right. This was the 90s. And then he puts it out and says, those things will kill you. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It yeah. was the 90s. This, but this here's movie... the thing about that scene that I like is he's down on cigarettes. But in order to start the scene and he never says anything about it, he gives Ernie Hudson a Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so drinking's fine. Yeah, correct. The Crow's the Irish revenge angel. <laughs> yeah. It's also super obvious that Brandon Lee does not smoke cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He has no idea how to handle this and bizarre never, foreign yeah. object. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. is, yeah, this 1993-94, that is peak, these things will kill you as a joke <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. But everyone can still smoke right. all the time. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah. I remember it was a big deal when Pierce Brosnan said that, like, I'm not going to smoke as James Bond. Yeah. Right. That's true. Different time. Anyway, uh, Crow crawls back to his grave. Ernie Hudson gets wheeled out. Uh, Sergeant Captain Angry is there, and he's just like, Hudson, what have you done to this church? <laughs> and he says, that vigilante, he's up on the roof. So I guess Top Dollar gets to die a hero? <laughs> He, I guess he gets venerated yes. post-hominously. He's John, have like a fucking bronze Batman statue John, you know erected that, in City Hall. You know that old saying, you either become a villain or you live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the hero. I guess it just seems like obviously Ernie Hudson's character is trying to like put a bow on this so that they stop all the investigations. But this seems like a really bad way to do it. Oh, it's the worst way. Well, luckily, he's got a really bad detective to try and foil true. him. That's true. Uh, meanwhile, Hudson! in a police department where it's uh, not a good idea to solve crimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Meanwhile, we she- merely have crime. Yeah. Meanwhile, Shelly uh, at the graveyard, her ghost comes back for Eric and they like walk off into the yeah she like kisses him and they like they both sort of collapse into each other and this would feel like a really like momentous like you know uh poetic moment if the movie wasn't so trying to have these moments every 10 minutes yeah like this movie is not to like jump ahead to like final reviews but this movie is like a hair smarter than a normal genre movie, but it thinks it has to strive for, like, amazing. You know what I mean? Like, if it would just, if it would just hit that, like, cut above normal genre movie stride that it does hit occasionally, but it is so much like, but we also need you to think about death and feel sad. Well, like, that's the, the, the 90s and the aesthetic of, like, the goth rock is you have to be so deep and so bleeding out on your, on your sleeve yeah. all the time. Like, you're always fishing to be even deeper, man. True. Well, because we're also now, this is 94, this is, like, just at the tail end of grunge as well. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Grunge, industrial, yeah. goth, it's all like that that's what this whole movie is. Yeah, this and it's also that we, it's a weird because Trent Reznor made money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's also takes place in that weird sort of like just before the mid nineties kicked in. So this is that movie where like 
for a brief period in the 90s, it was all about being like embarrassingly earnest. This is your like reality bites kind of stuff of John, just like it's the importance of being earnest. It <laughs> is the importance of being reality bites. Yes. You're right. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like before the irony really hit with like, I, th- I think of like Kevin Smith and Clerks kind of hitting real hard in like the mid nineties. Sure. I mean, this is and, like, that's when this... like detached irony kind of like yeah. took over from the like smashing pumpkins, like really sincere, earnest kind of like, mm. yeah, sure. Uh, so that's pretty much the end of The Crow. The credits start, and that's it. Uh, uh, the credits start, and then there's a freeze frame, like a 1980s-style freeze frame on the bird flying away. Yes, yeah. that's And then yeah. Sarah is just like, well, you know, if you love someone hard enough, I guess they never die. Oh, what's that? We don't have time for a retake? Okay, well, this is me, Sarah. Make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> I've got a Patreon set up. Pound Check out my button. podcast. Bye. Uh, also, the the fucking opening and closing credits for this movie are super boring. Like, yes, it's just white text on black ooh, background. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. that's the end of the crow, and that's gonna take us to bullet points. Pew 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 pew. Caw 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 caw. Bullet points. And our very first bullet point is body count. John, what do you think the body count of The Crow is? So before I do my guess, I just need to say I just put together uh, the Schitt's Creek plot thread where uh, Catherine O'Hara's character is in that bad crow horror movie. The crow and now I can't I can't take any of this seriously anymore. <laughs> That's fair. It was the caca that, that kind of like unlocked that in my head. That is fair. Also, ew. Uh, John, body count. I'm gonna say 13, a baker's dozen. Ooh, all right. Patrick, body count. I'm gonna say 18. Whoa, playing by Price's Right rules. Whoever gets the closest without going over. Patrick, you are the winner. The, the answer was 31. Dang, what? can't be right. There's a that, there's a whole table full of goons he wipes out at the end. Yeah, that's yeah, and like I was guessing they goons. were like 12, and then plus the two idiots that preempt the thing and the four other idiots, that gets me to 18. Ooh, ooh. sorry, important question. Does Eric DeRaven count once or twice? Ooh. He counts twice because he died twice, I guess. So okay. I don't know. All yeah, right. gotcha. so okay, give us 14 and 19. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> so that's gonna bring Put us that in the official record book. Yeah, yeah. write it down. Oh, what, what a what a waste! Like I, for day one, I should have been keeping track of all this shit and having a website where you could look at all this stuff. <laughs> but I nah. didn't. Anyways, no. Anyways, Mark, you gotta understand if any of us ever like break good and start making like uh, fame for ourselves. This whole podcast needs to get erased. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking I, about? If 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 any of us make good or do anything, we're going to continue doing the podcast and we're going to put money behind it. <laughs> I just it's just when we first started this in like three apartments ago, Patrick's apartment. <laughs> That's uh, right. There are recording evenings I do not remember because I got so drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am worried I might have said 
a racial slur. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but there's no way for me to know. To be fair, John, that was back when I edited the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. When your editing started declining, so did our number of beers. That's true. That's good. It's a real shame. Yeah, it really is. That's going to take us to our next bullet point, best kill. Best kill! Patrick, what do you think the best kill in The Crow was? Uh, I'm going to go with one of the schmucks in the big last final schmuck fight. Uh, There's a guy, and uh, he's just standing in front of the window, and The Crow drops down on his back and, like, rolls over and kicks the guy into a rolly chair, and then he rolls out the window and falls to his death. (laughs) And it's just so unnecessary, but they took such time to show it to me. It's beautiful. Yeah. John, best kill. T-Bird! Yeah. (laughs) I I love the, uh, uh, yeah, I love the whole scene of strapping T-Bird in T-Bird's revelation and then duct taping his eyes open so that he had to see death coming. Yeah. Also, I don't know that we mentioned this when we went through it in the movie, but T-Bird's got a trunk full of, like, fireworks and dynamite. Yeah. Oh, like Acme Labs, like, <laughs> yeah. sticks of dynamite. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yes. Well, he, it's like he was going to make a delivery later to Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> Well, because uh, T-Bird seems to be, he is definitely the head of the shit brigade here, because he reports to Top Dollar several times, and Top Dollar's just like, hey, you're working for me on that job, right? Hey, tomorrow's the big night, I need you working that job tomorrow night. And then, and then his, his like plan is revealed of like, it's going to be a lot of big fire, and it's, <laughs> I don't think you needed to plan it that much, friend. <laughs> Uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I'm actually going to go for the death of John Polito's Gideon, the pawn shop owner. There's a scene where he goes to, to Top Dollar's place and he's like, you're not going to believe what happened. This guy in face makeup came to my fucking place and he fucking blew the place up. You wouldn't be lying to me, would you? Why would I be fucking lying to you? Look at me. Look at my fucking head. <laughs> and then uh, Gideon's like, all right. Oh, Top Dollar's like, okay, all right. I guess you're right. And then turns around and stabs him in the throat with his big old fucking Inigo Montoya sword and then shoots him. <laughs> yeah. He's he like, can- oh, it's taking too long for him to die. Give me that thing. And he gives him one of those, again, like 90s guns where it's like a pistol with like three extra barrels and a laser sight on yeah. it. Yeah. It's Most Danny Glover's special. It's Danny Glover's <laughs> gun from Predator 2. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but it's such a great death. But that whole scene is great because, again, it's more just John Polito going like, I can't fucking believe this shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> eh. uh, that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Uh, uh, war crimes, I guess. <laughs> war crimes. John, tell me about some war crimes in The Crow. Here's the thing. It's double jeopardy. He can't be murdered for a vengeance quest he already got killed to start. Whoa. (laughs) So that's his lawyery way of getting out of any potential war crimes. Gotcha. Fancy. Patrick, war crimes? Uh, Whether real or fake, uh, both the top dollar's hair and his stepsister's hair. At all times, (laughs) all of that hair was wrong and it shouldn't have happened. Mm. Correct. 
Uh, Correct. Ma- Mark, War Crimes. Uh, the War Crime I will submit is that I owned the soundtrack to The Crow when it came out <laughs> uh, and listened to it ad nauseum. Whoa. Oh, buddy, again, like, when this came out, I was, like, maybe 10 or 11. Uh, so, I like, was, I yeah. absolutely dressed up as the crow for Halloween. Oh, like, yeah. For fucking sure, dude. Oh, man, the, sound, the soundtrack to this and then later the soundtrack to Spawn with all that Marilyn Manson and Crystal Method music on there. Cool. Also, by Marilyn the way, Manson, fuck uh, Marilyn Manson. Criminal. Fuck Marilyn <laughs> Manson. It turns out all the shit that we thought he was saying for goofs was real. Yep. Oh, we were trying to have fun, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, eat shit, Marilyn Manson slash Brian Warner. Eat all the shit. In fact, hey, Marilyn Manson, I know for a fact when Rush Limbaugh died, he shit himself. Everyone shits themselves when they (laughs) died. Marilyn Manson, you can go eat Rush Limbaugh's dead guy's shit. That's how much shit I want you to eat. Because I assume it was a lot of shit because Rush Limbaugh was all shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. You've just joined Mark Rosendahl's political corner. <laughs> hey, you know that Donald Trump? I bet he's full of actual shit. That's right. <laughs> like all that's, humans. That's it Look, for I might Mark say Rosen- something controversial, but I believe that current politics feel very thorny. Seems like there's a lot of problems happening in government. Nah, nah, nah. Here's what I'll say about politics. They're all full of shit. Actual (laughs) shit. Except for some of them who are full of piss. (laughs) Mitch McConnell's a big fat piss boy. Fuck him. (laughs) Hey, it's time for our last bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is The Crow an action movie? Man, like it it God, ought to be. Hard. You know what I mean? Like it again, it's got the like structure of like of an action movie. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's got the setup of an action movie, but like again, it feels like it's too it's reaching too hard to be like profound and poetic. And it super doesn't need to be. And that really, like, robs it of a lot of that, like, forward thrust of an action movie. But then the action scenes are actually really cool. And, like, what else are you here for? I'm going to say long answer no with a but. Short answer yes with an if. Gotcha. Patrick, is The Crow an action movie? I... Weirdly agree with everything that John said, but I'm going to settle on no, simply because the fights up until the last fight are not really all that really choreographed. You're mostly just getting shot and then he pushes some guys around and you never really see like all of the knives go into 1010 or all of the needles go in. Sure. So I'm going to go. Yeah, with you're the- right that it, it the, the action scenes do repeat themselves in that. You're wearing makeup. Yes, I am. Shoot me. Ah, you got shot, but you're okay. No, yeah, you're, you're right. His his go-to move is push. Yeah, now yep. I'm going to toss you against something. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. I, I mean, I thought that Brandon Lee did a really nice job as an actor, but I, I don't think I remembered how little martial arts he does in this movie. <laughs> It's very he did little. a good like throat chop at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when he pulls the uh, the katanas in the big last fight, he does some really great cuts and stuff too. Yeah. 
Mark, and I do like oh. in uh, early on in the in the movie when he's fighting Tintin, you can tell that he actually is catching that knife. Yes, like the way that it cuts together, it is in motion when he grabs it. Yeah, which is very cool. So yeah, maybe maybe he was less of a like, may, yeah, maybe he was more of like a melee weapons kind of a action star. And I mean, it could just be that they didn't really use what he could do. Yeah, that's right. true. You know. Uh, Mark, is this an action movie? Uh, I'm actually going to agree with Patrick and say, no, I don't think it's an action movie. One, it only has one real action sequence, which is the big fight at the end. It does have the car chase, but as we discussed earlier, it's the worst car chase. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And most of the other scenes where the crow does crow things are closer to like slasher movie kills mm-hmm. like they're always, like, yeah. they're like slightly ironic he's using the bad guys weapons against them you know that sort of thing um so no i don't think it's an action movie i think it's probably closer to like yeah like a uh a mystery thriller genre yeah just genre in general i guess yeah it's goth rock the movie yeah yeah it's yeah. Sad, sad boy sword porn the movie so that's here's the say- thing. I think that this movie gets way closer to action movie status if in the le- in the like crime boardroom action sequence, if you play Dracula. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know that's the thing. If you replace all of the shitty music in this with Rob Zombie songs, I'd give it an action movie for sure. sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, man, if the time when he kills Tintin, you put in fucking, hey, yeah, I'm the one that you wanted. <laughs> like, you put in some super beast, I'm fucking there, man. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he goes up and he does his fucking guitar solo on the roof, if it's meet the creeper, I am in. I'm 100% on board. If you score that car chase, man, with fucking, uh, I don't know, a, a different Rob Zombie song, uh, more human than human, I'm on board. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to take us to final reviews of The Crow. John, why don't you start? Final review of The Crow. Uh, I give The Crow three The Cures out of five Bauhauses, all encircled by the first two albums of The Smiths. Wow. Okay. Patrick, final review of The Crow. Two ravens out of two ravens. Whoa. Uh, Patrick, that's so raven. (laughs) Mark, final review of The Crow. Patrick took mine. Is good. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's mostly all right. It's a mostly all right movie. Yeah. Solid solid 6.5 out of 10. Though, seriously, way too much sexual assault. Yes. True. Yes. Uh, I was expecting to have a much stronger reaction to this movie, either positive or negative. But yeah, it is just like, yeah, it's pretty all right. Yep. That's it. Uh, So that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. We'll see you next time when we discuss Alien Resurrection, obviously. Oh, no. (laughs) You know it, suckbags. John, your sarcasm has once again gotten the best of you. Uh, (laughs) We Uh, can't do the Crow sequel that has, what, Edward Furlong in it? Oh, Crow 4? The Crow... The crowing. Now we'll find... We'll probably watch Tango and Cash for real next time. Oh, sweet. I was excited (laughs) about that. Yeah, who knows? Uh, anyways, <laughs> that's it for Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Brownlee. Having completed my mission of vengeance, I'm crawling back into my open grave that I guess 
Nobody bothered to put back into order. Thanks a lot, groundskeeper. Don't know what you're getting a paycheck for, but whatever. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Caw, caw, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, I gotta stop it. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. I don't know wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating and leave us a review. Check us out on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at BodyCountCast or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.